Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rough Riders Rescue Tales. My name's Christian Meyer, founder of Rough Riders, Saving Dogs on Death Row. Again, we are a uh, nonprofit that uh, works on transporting dogs out of kill shelters, uh, mostly across the western U.S., southern California, central California, southern Nevada, and bringing them up to our partners up here in northern Nevada uh, to help them find homes and uh, foster care. This week's episode uh, is going to have, as always, a rescue story. A little bit shorter of a rescue story, but just as impactful. Uh, We've got a big event announcement. We've got a great interview with CJ Miyake, the owner of Rescue Strong. And then, unfortunately, we don't have any dogs to highlight in this week's Unadoptable segment, but we'll touch base a little bit on uh, the few that we've uh, highlighted in the last couple weeks. So with that, let's go ahead and get on to it. This week's rescue story is not only about how we can rescue dogs, but how dogs can rescue us. Uh, Bringing them into our families changes our lives. Um, You know, we've heard stories of people who are depressed or or have no uh, real outlook on life that uh, bring a dog in and it changes their whole world. It's one of those things where they now have this other living being that they have to look after, they have to care for, and loves them back unconditionally. So this week's story, even though it's not long, is about Dudley. Let me go ahead and share it with you now. For me, personally, home was always elusive. I looked high and low and in every corner of the globe for it. It was all to no avail. Then I met Dudley. He needed me just as much as I needed him. Just like Dudley, my search for a home was not without heartbreak or trauma. I was looking for somewhere to belong. I hold my struggles like a security blanket, and I'm not often open with them. The risk of the vulnerability is too high, but Dudley doesn't judge me. Dudley won't betray my trust. Dudley won't abandon me. Here's this old man trapped in a dog suit who has come to trust me. Here I am, finally able to have a confidant, friend, protector, someone that I love unconditionally. We won't leave each other, and we won't hurt each other either. I lean on him as much as he leans on me. He keeps me grounded, sane and secure in my heart, and I know that I do the same for him. I still daily tell him, I will never not come home to you, because with him, I have a place that I value as home. I belong with him. With him, I'm home. And so that's from Dudley's favorite human, uh, just talking about how Dudley has changed their life, uh, obviously, for the better. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got a big event announcement. We are so proud to announce the first annual Rough Riders 0.5K race, fundraiser, and dog adoption. Now, it's going to take place on October 20th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Idlewild Park, just west of downtown uh, Midtown Reno. Uh, registration to participate is only $25. Uh, it is going to be first come, first serve, so um, I definitely recommend you get your registration in now and get ready. Uh, now, being a 0.5K race, it is a obviously tongue-in-cheek play on a traditional 5K, uh, appealing more to the non-runners who want to participate in that sort of environment 
but at the same time, don't want to go through all of the training, six months to a year of training to run a 5K, 10K, half marathon or marathon. Uh, it's really just uh, aimed more as a uh, fun event, sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, jab at uh, that sort of uh, event model. Now, with your $25, you get a uh, T-shirt, a participation medal, and then what we're calling the pretentious oval 0.5K sticker that you can slap on the back of your car, let people know how badass you are. Now, the race itself is going to be so much fun. At the beginning of the race, each participant gets a pint of beer as long as you're 21 or over. If you are 20 or younger, you'll get a pint of root beer. Still not bad. Halfway through the race, instead of a hydration station, we're going to have the donuts and dog treat station. That way uh, you can get a few carbs, your dogs can get a few carbs, and uh, you'll have enough energy to finish that 546-yard run. <laughs> At the end of the race, you get another pint of beer. And, uh, you know, might as well bookend it with beer. Uh, again, you got to be 21 and over. If you're not, you do get uh, root beer instead. Now, at the end of the race, uh, you'll have access to a photo booth uh, with a backdrop, so that way you can uh, commemorate your race experience. Uh, we're going to have a costume contest with uh, fun prizes. Uh, it's going to be an individual and group contest, so we definitely encourage you to dress up, dress your dog up. Uh, obviously, it's right there uh, near Halloween, so feel free to uh, go crazy with it. We're going to have raffles giving away great prizes, uh, looking at uh, potentially a very large grand prize. That's obviously still in the works. And then we're going to have vendors and food trucks there that you can uh, purchase items, gifts, um, and then food from uh, some of the outstanding food trucks we have here in the Reno area. Now, in addition to all of those festivities, uh, one of the main missions of the event is uh, our partnerships with the local shelters, getting dogs adopted out. And so with that, we're going to be setting up a uh, what we're calling Adoption Row. And we're going to have the Nevada Humane Society, the SPCA of Northern Nevada, Canine Rehabilitation and Sanctuary. And then we're working on uh, a few more to bring out, all of whom will have uh, dogs available for adoption that very day. So if you are looking for a dog to adopt, uh, we definitely recommend you know, you meet with them, you take a look, there's going to be a lot to choose from. Now, one of the nice thing is every dog that's adopted gets uh, a little bit of a gift. So uh, our friends over at Bully Tough Dogware have been kind enough to donate a collar and leash for every dog that's adopted that day. Uh, what we'll do is we'll collect the information from the shelters and then make sure that we get those over to you. And then we're potentially putting together more donations uh, as related to dogs being adopted. Now with the race itself, uh, as I mentioned, participation is only $25, or you can register for a VIP participation, which is only $25 more. Now what you get with that is uh, not only a larger participation medal, but you also get to ride in style. So if 546 yards feels like a long way for you, we're going to have a tricked out golf cart that'll allow you to ride in style to the finish line, of course, stopping along the way for the donuts and dog treat station. Now, the other thing that we're offering is for people who are out of the area, out of state, uh, or who may just not be able to make it that weekend. And what we're calling it is, I pretending I was there. 
registration. And so with that, you can go on, register, pay your $25. It's $5 more because of shipping, and you still get all of the goodies. So you get the t-shirt, the participation medal, uh, the sticker. We may throw a few other things in there, and then we'll mail that out to you. And that way, at least you can show your support. You can pretend you were there and uh, hopefully make it uh, the next year around. Now, with all of that, there's a couple things that we need. Uh, one of the main things is sponsorships. We're looking for sponsorships from individuals, uh, from businesses, uh, those who want to participate, give back. And obviously, we will heavily promote your brand or business. Now, in the form of sponsorships, we've got uh, a couple different cash options. Those help us take care of the administrative, the fundamental, and uh, you know some of the goodies. And then we're also uh, taking in product donations as well as far as sponsorships. And those will cover the prizes. Those will cover uh, the raffles, uh, anything that we're doing uh, where um, you know a physical good uh, could be potentially given away. So if you're interested in sponsoring, uh, we definitely recommend you go on our website, go up to the menu, 0.5K race, and then from there, there's a drop down. You can get more information on sponsorship opportunities. In addition to sponsorships, we also have vendor booths available uh, and food truck spaces. So if you are a retailer, if you uh, have a message that you're trying to get out there, um, we definitely invite you to sign up for a vendor booth. If you're a vendor, you get a 10 by 10 space. Uh, you will have to bring your own chairs and table and uh, decorations, but uh, it'll be a great opportunity to meet some people, uh, retail out some items, and uh, go from there. Food truck opportunities uh, will have space for uh, about a half a dozen food trucks. We'd love to get a great variety of trucks in, uh, so that way people have options when uh, it comes to food after the race or before the race if they so choose. Now for vendor booths and food trucks, uh, we're only charging $250. It's a, a nominal fee, gets you some great exposure, and uh, as with the sponsors, you'll get uh, promotion not only through our social media, our website, and uh, the podcast here as well. So we hope to see you at our Rough Riders 0.5K race fundraiser and dog adoption. All of the information is available on our website. Again, go to roughriders.org, head up to the menu 0.5K race, and then pick from the drop down if you want to register to participate, register to be a vendor or food truck, or register to become a sponsor. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, everybody, my guest today is CJ Miyaki uh, from, uh, he's basically the owner, operator, founder, designer, mastermind behind Rescue Strong. Uh, they're an apparel company, accessories company with uh, Dog Rescue uh, as sort of the forefront of giving back. Uh, say hi, CJ. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. Uh, so when it came to putting Rescue Strong together and uh, obviously uh, giving back to the rescue community, I assume it all came out of, uh, you know, a rescue dog in your life or, uh, you know, some sort of uh, uh, play into that uh, rescue community. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience uh, with either a rescue dog or, or growing up around that. Uh, yeah, actually, um, you know, growing up, all our dogs were, were shelter dogs, but I, I never really 
knew anything more past that. I mean, I, I know my parents always went to the shelter, but, um, you know, if they were from a pet store in the mall, I wouldn't have known the difference. And like growing up, we, we would always go to pet stores and, you know, not being, you know, kind of educated on everything that goes into that. And, um, all that goes into the rescue world. It was, it was not until we have our current dog, uh, who we got through an LA, LA area rescue, um, that we started looking more into like just the whole world of rescue, um, and everything that entails. Um, and I think even when we were, uh, my coworker was showing us pictures of dogs, she kept sending us pictures of dogs and we kept saying we didn't think we were ready. Um, we lived in a condo at the time. We had two cats, um, and you know, our work just being gone for most of the day was, uh, we just didn't feel like we were ready, but you know, she kept just sending us photos. Um, and eventually she sent us the one of the, you know, the dog we eventually adopted, uh, Luna. And we said, you know, we'll come, we'll come meet her. And so we went off to, um, an event in Pasadena and we met her for 10 minutes and we left with an application and we filled it out <laughs> that day. And then, uh, she kind of, um, you know, she kind of helped talk us through kind of everything that it would entail and kind of prepared us and everything. And, you know, she knew we were, um, you know, very invested in, you know, our, our cat size, but I know, you know, taking on a dog is a whole nother, whole nother thing. Exactly. You know, I, I think going back into growing up, I, you know, until it's your dog or your pet, you know, it, it just, you don't really realize how much goes into it. You know, my parents always taking care of the food and, you know, we would go on walks, but it wasn't, you know, our time, like as, as kids growing up, we didn't really have to schedule it, you know? Um, but I know that's one of the things that every dog owner, you know, thinks about, you know, when am I, what, when, are, when is my dog going to get their exercise? When are they going to get their, you know, whatever makes them happy during their day, whether that's in the morning before work or after, and you know, what kind of food am I going to feed them? You know, all the, all these different things that kind of go into, uh, you don't really think about it. even potty training. You know, I had never potty trained a dog before that. And luckily our dog was incredibly easy. You know, the first day she comes over, we take her down to the grass and she goes right on the grass and never, I think she had one accident in our condo. So all in all, she's, know incredibly easy in terms of you know that adoption like transition process perfect so you found she acclimated really well uh, to your environment and to uh, you know taking you guys on as you know her new humans yeah she was you know you know I guess the one concern we had was our cats Um, and the rescue you know as most rescues do they don't they don't have a ton of information on the dogs and so uh, she came in and we were told she might grow to be 30 pounds. Um, and she's about 60 now. So, <laughs> sad, so. uh, but she, I, you know, I love her size. It's just, you know, we were, we were, we weren't sure about the, the cat dog relationship, but she was a puppy when we got her basically. I mean, she was six months old. Um, and so I think she was, I think that kind of helped. She didn't have any, I don't, we don't know where we don't think she had any past experience with cats. And so, um, we were able to kind of separate them at first and kind of let them slowly get used to each other. Um, and now they, they get along great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing was just trying to get, you know, it really makes you be really deliberate with your day. I think, you know, exactly. that, you, know <laughs> you know, I have to be back, I have to be back by four, you know, sorry, I got it. Or I gotta, you know, gotta get up at five and, you know, gotta get that walk in. Then I gotta, you know, get off to work and all that stuff and coordination. And it helps having a, having a wife and, uh, you know, being able to kind of switch and shift days of, of work and, times and hours and all that stuff or 
Yeah, uh, dogs certainly help with time management and uh, you know helping you plan ahead. It's not like you can go on a road trip uh, by yourself uh, for a couple days and just leave the world behind because now you've got this living, breathing creature that's relying on you to uh, help them out. Yeah, and that was the biggest change too. I think owning cats. You know, if we wanted to leave for like a couple of days with cats, we would leave enough water, we would leave enough food, um, and we would change their litter box and maybe have a friend come and check on them. You know, once a day while we were gone. But having a dog, it's like no, like it's all this. Who are we going to leave them with? You know, we got daycare facilities. We got to be bringing a friend over. You know, all that stuff. But it's, uh, <laughs> exactly. definitely worth it. It's just it's a different mindset. Yeah, yeah. Now, how far after getting Luna did you decide decide to uh, put your e-commerce store together? Well, Rescue Strong actually, um, you know, before all that, before Rescue Strong started, it 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 was uh, started as like more like art with uh, my personal account on Instagram. Okay, um, and you know, this is back when I thought Instagram was literally just photos of your food and selfies. Like I had no idea there was anything like, I didn't know people had like accounts that did stuff like anything, like anything. I didn't know people, I didn't know brands used it. I didn't know. I was just so naive to the world. I still don't understand Twitter. Like, I mean, I get it, but I, I, I don't, I've never really used it consistently enough, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but you know, my, uh, my day job had, um, I was, had this tablet from work and I was, you know, sitting at home and I haven't really used one before. I'd never really used Photoshop ever. Um, and so I started, you know, just drawing on it and, uh, Luna was sitting there and I started to draw a picture of her and, um, I did one and I posted it and, you know, I, there were some dogs I followed on Instagram and I did a couple of them and I posted them and they loved them. And, uh, that's actually how we got introduced to the whole rescue community. Uh, yeah i started posting you know dog art and you know the edits and all this stuff and um you know the beginning i uh i i didn't think that it was anything worth charging for like money wise um Mm -hmm. i you know i i still look at things back then and even now i look and i just like ah yeah i don't know i get hypercritical of myself but um you know there, there were more and more requests coming in and so there's got to be some way to manage it. And one way to do it is charge, but I didn't want to charge it for myself. So what I did was I offered the edits up in exchange for donation to rescues. So if someone wanted one, I would say, sure, I'll do one for you. What you need to do is you need to go to, you know, so-and-so rescue, make a donation of, you know, 25, 50 bucks, send me the receipt so I can verify that you did it. And then I will make some art of your dog. And so that was really the first, you know, five or six months, almost a year um, on Instagram back in like 2014, 2015. Um, and it was just for fun. You know, I, it was, you know, incredibly, incredibly fun and took an incredible amount of time. I think, uh, I would get home from work and, and sit down and, we'd, you know, hang out with Luna. And then this is before we had our son and I'd be in front of my computer from like eight to like two or three in the morning. I wow. just, I was just, it's one of those, I, I'm a very much like I dive into something and I get stuck on it. Like, I just love it and I just, I get consumed by it and I just want to learn. I, again, I'd never used Photoshop ever. And so I had so much to learn and I was watching all the tutorials and like how to do this and how to do that. And, um, you know, that really opened me up into this whole rescue community in terms of, you know, people using Instagram, not, you know, as a social platform, but, 
a way to connect to other people that, you know, share your views um, or that are trying to get something done or and then just finding rescues that, you know, that you really, really believed in their work um, and then trying to find ways to support them. And so it started with the art and then, you know, Rescue Strong grew out of that because uh, a couple of rescues that I would fundraise for in that in that respect, they, you know, would post images of their apparel. You know, most rescues have some kind of e-commerce or you know, fundraiser, you know, running something on, uh, you know, bonfire or, uh, booster or Teespring or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at the designs and, you know, I was like, you know what, I, I can probably help out there. You know, I can probably put, you know, some kind of saying or some kind of design, you know, I love doing that. And so, um, you know, let me try. And so I, you know, I did a couple, I think my first big one was for a rescue called, um, ghetto rescue out of LA. And, uh, we, Put the, I put the design together. Said, oh, "What does it say?" Um, I was checking. I was checking your dog out. That <laughs> okay. was the first one for them, and that's like our big seller at Rescue Strong. Um, and so we put that out for them, and it raised a ton of money for them. I think a couple thousand. And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And so we, I think we did it again. And we, I did a couple more for some other rescues, and you know, still doing the art. Um, but then my creative like side of me, you know, took over, and it was just man, you know, I wish we could do it on this kind of shirt instead of this kind of shirt. Or I wish we could, you know, do, you know, this label on this. Or we, we could print in this, you know, print type or this color on the sleeve instead of, you know, just the front or just the back. Right. You know, and having the the kind of, you know, just the really creative control over a lot of the aspects of, like, the process. And, and not just doing T-shirts. You know, what if I wanted to do stickers or buttons? You know, how would I how would I do all this? And so that's where it all started. And it's been just one long continuous uh amazing but you know giant learning process um you know i've I've been lucky enough to you know like i said my interests take me and it kind of consumes me but you know getting into i know web development i know you know i'm not a photographer by any means but i feel like i can tell what a good picture is and so like and then designing i grew up designing my dad's a graphic designer and so all that kind of melded in and kind of helped me start it made it a lot easier i think the barriers to entry for a lot of people are you know one of those aspects maybe they they can figure out the business side but they can't you know design their own stuff or you know things like that and so it all kind of helped and i will be the first to tell you the business side is probably my worst side you know i i don't really understand it um but i'm learning and (laughs) (laughs) hoping to get get better at it but And that's nice. I mean, some of the best things get started just from doing it, just from getting in there, getting started, learning from your mistakes, uh, and then coming back. And, you know, the nice thing about social media is getting that sort of instant feedback. So you know what's working, what's not working. Um, You know, and like you said, it's, it's more than just selfies and pictures of food. You know, it's definitely a way to reach out, to reach people that, uh, I mean, across the world that are like-minded, that, uh, you know, take an interest in the same things that you take an interest in. And so it's nice to see that, uh, you know, how you basically began just putting art out there has turned into a uh, apparel company that, uh, you know, people connect with and, you know, like the designs and they like the messages that go out there. And, uh, you know, it's definitely exciting to uh, see those types of things grow. Now, uh, with 
any of the purchases of the apparel, uh, you guys put it right out there that you give back 50% of your uh, profits to rescues. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about uh, the idea behind that. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on, uh, you know, making that your focus? Yeah. Um, I mean, coming up with a name for the apparel company, <laughs> I mean, you can go with anything you want. I, I think Rescue Strong st stuck, uh, struck a chord with me. I just, I like the name, the style of it, the name of it. I mean, I think there's a, you know, a re really, um, you just, you see what a lot of, shelter and rescue dogs go through and like how they can come out and still, you know, come out on top basically, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, just that inner strength. And so that's where the name came from. And so as far as incorporating like the give back model, I just, I didn't feel comfortable, um, having a name and a design focus and apparel focus on rescue that didn't have an aspect of giving back. Like it would just kind of feel like, you were <laughs> wearing apparel that was maybe, you know, that you liked, but it just, if you weren't giving back, it wasn't tied into the core, like business model of the company. I just, I, I didn't feel like it would have any truth to it, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, this isn't my job. And so we have the ability to donate a high percentage of our profit back. Um, and in our first year, we, our first full year, um, ended up actually losing money, um, because of the, my lack of business experience and how taxes work. <laughs> um, we ended up donating a lot and, uh, fundraising a lot and not leaving enough aside for taxes. And, um, you know, it's part of, part of the learning process. Um, but we, I have, again, I have the luxury of, you know, this not being a source of income, you know, mm -hmm. and it comes up all the time, you know, you know, we hear people and we are very, or tr I try to be as community focused as possible. You know, if there's other brands starting up, we want to support them as much as possible. We want to make sure that they're growing, you know, the more people that are doing what we're doing, um, the better, you know, and whether that's, you know, 5% or 10% or 1%, and you'll hear people like, argue over, oh, you know, this company only gives back this much or this company gives back this much. And like, it doesn't matter to me, you know, as long as you're, you're playing some part, you know, it, you know, one of our big sayings is do something big or do something small. No matter what you do, it's better than nothing at all. So like, don't just sit idle. You know, if you feel like you can make the world a better place, go step up and, and play your part. You know, it doesn't like not everyone has this luxury. You know, some businesses are built and that's their business. That's their livelihood, you know. And so if a company is going to separate five, you know, give 5% of whatever they're bringing in, whether that's sales or profit or however they're figuring it, that's 5% that they don't have to give back. Exactly. You know, and I think I think so much gets built up. And, you know, I'm obviously proud of the fact that we can give back so much, but not everyone's in this position. You know, some people have this as their core. It's their livelihood, you know. And, you know, I'll see it in social media and it bothers me and I don't, you know, try not to get into it too much. But if I'm asked, I'll talk about it. And it's just that I, I feel like people need to, I guess, be a little more understanding of that. Exactly. You know, well, that 
And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, even like you said, if they're giving back 1%, if they're giving back 50%, they're still giving back. And, you know, it could be volume. You know, if there's a multi-million dollar company giving back 1%, I mean, that's still a greater impact than a little tiny company that gives back 50% and doesn't have the same sort of reach. So, you know, regardless, whoever is giving back, whoever is, you know, reaching into whatever the area of interest that uh, they're giving back to, it still makes a difference at the end of the day. Yeah. And this, you know, I, I, this actually came up yesterday. We were at Target and, uh, um, you know, everyone's familiar with Bark, BarkBox. Exactly. Uh, and then they have the Bark Treats. And I think they started as just a, excuse me, a monthly like service, right? Like delivering like a box of toys and treats and all that. Yeah, and like now they have this box. whole line that they're, a, I'm assuming, multi-million dollar company now. And we go to Target and there's these treats on the Target thing. And, um, one of the treats uh, is supporting a local rescue. You know, it's a purposeful rescue and in L.A. And we we fundraised for them in the past and they're wonderful people. And there's a whole bunch of great rescues. There's a Chicago version of uh, One Tale at a Time. There's um, Rainbow Friends in Hawaii for the Hawaii one. A um, whole bunch of different ones. And, you know, that wasn't how they started, but it's awesome. You know, and some people will look at that and say, because I've heard it, they're like, oh, it's only 1%. But yeah, 1% like of a million dollars? I don't know how much they're making off these treats, but that's a ton of money. Like, I don't know. I just, I think everyone's fairly judgmental, I guess, in the social media <laughs> world. Like it comes like, you know, that everyone could be doing better, but, you know, some at least they're doing something. It, it's, it's really, I think it's really cool to see. So Exactly. And again, at the end of the day, when you're in this sort of uh, community and giving back, you know, you go to bed at night and ultimately you feel good about what you're doing and what you're giving back. Um, you know, it beats the heck out of a nine to five job where, you know, you it's sort of Groundhog Day, day in and day out. But, uh, you know, when you can get involved, uh, it definitely makes the day that much better. Even if, like you said, you know, you're up until two, three o'clock in the morning uh, working on it. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's finding your passion and, and finding what you're good at and, and able to leverage that and, you know, and, and affect, I think the community in the most, in the best way you can, you know, I think what my, I guess, skill, um, I feel is designed and I feel like it's also, you know, finding creative ways to give back to the community. And so that's where I try to make my mark. You know, I could obviously spend more time at the shelters or volunteering with rescues, but I don't feel like that's like my core, core skill, core competency. So mm -hmm. I feel like my impact's going to be greater, you know, working on something like this, um, or helping out, you know, we just helped the rescue out and we did their website for them. Um, uh, that's, I just have experience with that. And so I'm, you know, happy to, happy to help out. That's awesome. Now, uh, going back to your products themselves, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, helping out with the design and, and taking a different take. And, uh, you know, we found in, in our business model uh, here at Rough Riders that, you know, we've gone outside of the box of what sort of the traditional rescue is, what, uh, you know, the marketing efforts, the promotion, the style, branding, all of that. And uh, that's where we found success. And it looks like, you know, you guys have had that uh, sort of same experience in uh, basically taking sort of a stale, uh, philanthropy model and, uh, you know, turning it up on its edge a little bit and, uh, you know, 
giving it some design and, and some uh, legs that, uh, you know, people respond to, people want to buy. And, uh, you know, it's just not another shirt for workouts. It's something they're proud of wearing out uh, in public. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, that's the goal, really, the, you know, part of having the apparel is that you hopefully can strike up a conversation, you know, um, and, and trying to get people to just talk about stuff, you know, talk about rescue, the world of rescue, maybe, you know, get someone's mind thinking about it. Um, and, you know, if our shirt, you know, leads the way to that or can help in some small way that just by someone wearing it, it's a, it's a good feeling. Which is cool. And then I, you know, I'm looking right now at, uh, it looks like you've got, uh, basically a lot bunch of different lines that are revolved around either an idea or a saying or a concept. Um, was that sort of your original intention? You know, I'm looking at, I was checking your dog out and now you've got, um, you know, totes and, uh, uh, t-shirts and, um, tank tops and all revolved around that one saying, and then all my best friends are dogs with, uh, you know, your drawings. Um, you know, did it, come out as sort of this idea of uh, just developing a line and then branching off of there? Or was it more organic in that it just sort of happened and people respond from there? Um, I can tell you that nothing is planned. <laughs> I mean, I, I have these great ideas in my head, you know, and those are typically never work out. Um, usually, usually what happens is, so everything started with the I was checking your dog out design, you know, put that up and, you know, actually it was a big gamble. I put a thousand dollars on my credit card and I'm going to buy these shirts. I think, I think we can sell them. We actually ended up selling none of them. We sold, we sold oh, no. probably <laughs> like, we sold probably like 20 to 30%, which maybe was close to covering the initial cost. Okay. Um, but no, we ended up donating a lot of them and giving them out in exchange for donation. And, you know, it was, a it was a, um, it was a lesson in how to, you know, market and, you know, let people know about what you're doing. Um, but in terms of just the, the different sayings and lines, you know, we get, I get asked all the time on social media or email or Facebook or whatever, uh, Hey, you know, you have, you, you guys have a ton of stuff out of stock, you know, it's great for you, but when, you know, when are you planning on bringing it back? And honestly, again, this is all run out of our house. Um, and so we just have limited space um, and I have limited, you know, money. You know, I, you know, made it very clear to my wife that I'm not going to spend any of our own money on this. You know, it's mm-hmm. a passion project. Like it's not meant as a place for us to put us like expose ourselves to tons of risk. You know, you know, I got a son. We got another one on the way. It's like it's not we got a mortgage. You know, it's not something that, you know, I would feel comfortable, you know, as a as a hobby right now you know, putting our family in, in financial danger. And so we basically take, you know, we started with pre-sale, which do a lot of pre-sale because that helps us cover. Um, we know what to order. We order the product. We pay for the product. It comes in. Um, we have another program we can talk about in a little bit, but um, we have a little bit overstock and we keep that. But outside of that, you know, we try not to keep too much in in stock. It just, it's it's too much stuff to hold. Um, and it's a lot of dead, you know, 
wait, we're actually having a sale right now. So I'm trying to get rid of stuff out of our garage, but <laughs> it's just, uh, it's tough. I mean, I wish we could keep more stuff in stock. Um, but it's a, it's a big, you know, step up. And I believe, you know, unless someone with better business experience can tell me it's a big, you know, capital at the beginning, you know, you have to have enough to buy it in stock and then work on selling it. And, you know, we'll have multiple days in the month where we have no sales. And so and that's okay. Cause again, it's, I don't have to sell it. Like there's no pressure on me. And right. so, um, it's just, it's tough to keep things in stock and know how to push certain products. And like, I don't, you know, I'm trying to, there's like a, I think there's a Skillshare. I just, just <laughs> Skillshare. Yeah. but there's a whole bunch of classes there. That I'm trying to, trying to learn more about how to make sure you're not, you know, keeping too much stuff in order, but I don't exactly. Know. And I'm sure when it comes to, you know, especially apparel and t-shirts, trying to figure out how many, of each size you need to order, um, or each color. Um, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine trying to figure it out. I mean, I, I would assume, you know, you order a bunch of mediums and larges and then all of a sudden everybody wants smalls and extra smalls. Yeah. And that's, that's the hub talk about too. I mean, we, you know, most of the rescue world, you know, is women. Yeah. You know, just in whether that's social media, people leading rescues or most people we interact with or, um, and so our audience is mostly women. I think, you know, if you look at our analytics and, and Instagram or Facebook, I think it's like 90% or 95%, you know, so if you're using a demographic, it's probably 90, 95% women. And then it's between the ages of 24 and 35. Like that's where we're at. And so, you know, we get, we primarily do women's apparel, um, you know, women's sizing and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll, you'll put, you know, an order in for a whole bunch of stuff and it'll sit there and, not sell, you know? And <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. You know, at that point we could, you know, this is getting into this other program we trying to do is it's called rescue strong rack, which is we take all our product that doesn't sell, which I've already paid for. Um, and we just donate it. You know, it's like, I just want it out. I don't want it here anymore. We could mm-hmm. sell it for, you know, if a shirt costs us $10 to print and pack and all that stuff, we could sell it for 15. Um, but I don't know. We would have what five bucks as a as a margin there, not right. including taxes. Or we could take that and donate it to a rescue, and they can sell it for thirty and take that whole thirty. So we can turn our ten that we paid for and turn it into thirty dollars for a rescue. And so we're trying to do that more. Uh, we have I think like four or five part rescue strong rack partners. Um, I think our most consistent one is for the Bialy's Wellness Foundation in Chicago. Okay. Um, and we just send them our stuff. So if we do a pre order round. I always order, I pad our orders. So if we have, you know, someone, we have 10 larges we need to order, I'm going to order 12 or 13. They're going to come in. And if there's a, you know, the printer messes up on one or two, then we have an extra or someone misses a size, we can change it out. And then we have just a whole bunch of stock. So I have like a box of, I don't know, cost wise, probably 500 to $1,000 that we paid for that's just sitting in my garage. And so I could sell it or I could just send it to a rescue and they can turn that 500 or five. Five hundred bucks, thousand dollars into three thousand dollars. You know, so our impact in that sense is greater. Exactly, and it also makes it easier. It kind of gives us not easier, but it gives us like a well, it's easier for me because I can just dump it. Like I don't have to worry about selling it and like headache and like time management. It's just hey, here's a box of stuff. Take it. You guys do what you want with it, and you know, hopefully it helps you guys out. And so I love the I love that. You know, for me, just in terms of having limited time, uh, everyone has limited time, but yeah, 
just saying that, you know, I can just send this off and you guys can, you know, make it work for you. That's great. You know, so we're, I think we're probably going to open up to like one or two more locations um, and see how it does. I think it's a big, I think it's a, it's a different way for us to do it and give back. I think it maximizes the money that comes in um, and it maximizes my time. Like, and I'm sh- and I'm sure it benefits you in other ways as far as exposure. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're giving it to somebody as far as a retail store and, you know, somebody's walking in or, you know, a rescue that they've got a retail location, you know, they're seeing your brand name for the first time and they're more likely to come check you out online. And, yeah. uh, you know, of course you get the, you know, the branding benefits and uh, the tax benefits as well with the donation. Yeah. And so, you know, it's great. It's uh it's nice to have a, a setup at, 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 you know, rescues or foundations that we really believe in. And it gives us that opportunity to have, you know, not like the dream of like being in every store, but, you know, having some kind of location where someone walks in, like I actually haven't done it yet. It's well, there's a, there's a location, they're a wholesale mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles, but I haven't been to the, one of the rescue rack locations, like just stepping in and being like, Oh, that's our stuff. And that's all for that. Like I, it's a, it's a neat feeling. Um, and, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite things that we've been able to do and I'm hoping to, to kind of open up to more. Um, I would love to get to the point where we can bring our, our shirt cost down so that every shirt we print, we donate one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love that because then sort of taking the uh, Tom shoes approach. Yeah, that would be awesome. Cause I mean, then if you're buying a shirt for 28 bucks, then you're essentially funding a $28 shirt for a rescue. Exactly. So like your 100 percent of your cost that you're spending is going to be you know worked out for rescue and we can hopefully get there i don't know we'll see that's a lot of volume to do um in order to get that price point down to the point where it would it would make sense but maybe you know i can <laughs> well it looks like you're definitely headed in the right direction you know whether it takes you know another year two years um you know i've we can see your your following growing and uh you know your uh designs and um, branding basically, um, you know, getting more and more attention, which is, you know, always the way you want it to go. You know, obviously the more you can do to give back, the bigger you can get, the more you can give back uh, eventually. Now, um, you know, obviously at this point you are purely e-commerce, purely online. Uh, Tell our listeners where they can find you not only online, but on social media as well. Uh, so you can find us on Insta- uh, Instagram. That's a, a pretty much where I feel the most comfortable, I guess. Rescue Strong uh, Co. So just Rescue Strong and then CO at the end um, on Instagram. And then you can find us on Facebook at uh, Rescue Strong, so slash Rescue Strong. And then our website URL is just RescueStrong.com. Um, and I think that's it. I think we have a Twitter account, uh, which <laughs> I don't know, maybe someone I've been looking for social media help for a little while. So, yeah. um, but, but yeah, I think we're on there as well. And I, I don't understand Snapchat at all. So I have it on my phone and I've looked at it, but I, I feel like more confused every time I open it. So I think for now we're, we're sticking to Instagram and, and Facebook. <laughs> Well, Instagram's a great platform for especially a visual medium like what you offer. Uh, Facebook is fantastic for uh, sharing sort of the ins and outs of what you're doing. Um, like you with Twitter, you know, we post on Twitter, but, you know, what you actually get back from it, it's more in the minute. It's more, you know, news related. Uh, but, uh, you know, Instagram for us has been a great 
platform for building our following and you know seeing that you guys have what 28,000 followers um, I'm sure has helped you guys out quite a bit it's crazy I I don't even I don't know I look at it and like I just I know it's like I don't know the grand scheme of things it's not a ton like there's brands with 100,000 followers or whatever I don't even understand how people manage it I can't even keep up with all the stuff now all the stuff that comes in and emails and DMs and it's funny because you know I love that we present ourselves as like a bigger company, but mm -hmm. some people email and they're like, Oh, I talked to someone on social media. I talked to one of your representatives on Facebook and it's like, Oh, it's just me. Like <laughs> if you email on Facebook and I tell you to email me, it's me responding to both. You know, it's funny. And just, I don't know. It's, it's a nice feeling to, to feel like we're presenting ourselves, I guess in a, in a social way, but, uh, or like a bigger, bigger presence. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, I guess the other person they could run into is I think who you talked to and email to or reach out to first was uh, Francesca. Exactly. Uh, which is, she's our director of giving things, our, our uh, tongue-in-cheek title, but she's, you know, she's the person, the email listed on our, our, our website that people reach out to. And she's amazing. I mean, she's, if if I'm the opposite of her in any way, it's, it's organization. And she is like, <laughs> she's got Google spreadsheets everywhere. So she's keeping track and you know, she's on the East Coast. We just met actually like a month ago, but she's great. I mean, she's amazing. And um, because of that, we we sent you a $250 donation this morning. Uh, I saw that and really out, appreciate so. it. Yeah. And so she kind of helps out manage like all our, you know, give backs and uh, just trying to think of, you know, who's coming in. They, you know, setting up partnerships with different rescues and trying to get, she's, I think, had six or seven more people reach out for like the Rescue Strong Rack program. So hopefully That's we'll get great. there with everyone. But uh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, she reached right back out uh, right away. And, uh, you know, it was She's it's yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> nice to have, you know, somebody you can rely on that, uh, you know, will take a little bit off your plate, uh, no matter how, you know, big or small that is. Now, uh, speaking of uh, donations and giving back, uh, CJ, you were kind enough to offer up a uh, discount to any of our listeners. So uh, we'll put it up on our social media um, and uh, on our website as well that uh, anybody who goes in and donates a minimum of $5 to us here at Rough Riders, uh, you'll get a coupon for 20% off anything at Rescue Strong. And that's good through October 1st. In addition to that, uh, you are putting together a, a giveaway packet of totes, charms, stickers, uh, t-shirt um, to one of those lucky listeners. So you go in, make your minimum $5 donation, you get 20% off, and then you're automatically entered into a drawing to win this uh, uh, giveaway bundle. And so, uh, you know, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, our reach can, uh, you know, dip in a little bit into what you guys are doing at uh, Rescue Strong. But, uh, you know, we certainly appreciate uh, not only your donation, but uh, your willingness to uh, give back to our listeners as well. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, honestly, it's it's still kind of a weird feeling to have someone ask to talk to you about, like, <laughs> I guess, your project you're working on. So it's it's uh, it's it's incredibly flattering, and you know, feel very fortunate to have these opportunities. And ultimately, we're just trying to spread the word. You know, it's all about education. It's all about uh, giving back and philanthropy, and any avenue that we can do that through we certainly will and we love talking with people like yourselves uh, who like to give back into that area as well and uh, like I said before is basically like-minded and 
you know, want to make at least a small impact on the world. Right. Every, every little, every little part counts. So. Exactly. All right, CJ, uh, I appreciate you uh, being on with us today. Again, the uh, website is rescuestrong.com. Check them out. Uh, again, we'll be posting uh, some of their designs and, and shirts and all of that on our uh, social media so uh, listeners can check it out and uh, hopefully uh, benefit Rescue Strong just as much as you guys are helping us out. Uh, thanks again, CJ, and uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it too. Now, this is typically the unadoptables portion of the podcast. Uh, this is where we would highlight dogs from local shelters that need a little extra love, a little extra attention. They may have been adopted and returned multiple times, may have behavioral issues, may have some health issues, or are just a breed that tends to get overlooked. Now, as I mentioned, we don't have any new dogs to highlight this week. However, we will look back on some of the dogs that we highlighted over the last two episodes. So the first dog is Magoo. Now Magoo was over at the Nevada Humane Society, uh, a really sweet, uh, sort of robust uh, pit bull. And like I said, I mean, sweet as can be. Well, as you noticed, I mentioned was. Uh, the great news is that he was adopted by a loving family. Uh, he has found his forever home and uh, I can't say to the fact if it was one of our listeners, if it was somebody that uh, had reached out to us, but uh, regardless, the point is that he found his home and that's what's most important. Now, last week we highlighted three dogs from CRCS, Canine Rehabilitation Sanctuary down in Washoe Valley, and the response we've gotten back for them has been fantastic. Now, all three dogs are still available from CRCS, but at the same time, we've got people who, uh, like I said, have been reaching out, have shown interest. Um, and at this point, it's, it's just the vetting stages. Uh, Luna was the Akita mix. Sweet as sweet can be. Uh, had some great response on her. Smiley is the red pit bull who, uh, you know, I, I had one person reach out to me from as far as Pakistan, uh, willing to adopt her and bring her home. Uh, just again, goes to show the lengths that people will go to uh, find a dog and bring them into their home. Whether or not that option works, we'll see. But again, the point is that they're getting the attention. They're getting out there and there's people that are interested. And then finally, we had Zeus from last week. Now, Zeus was the sweet one-year-old Mastiff mix, has some kidney issues. And uh, again, the response was overwhelming number of people who are reaching out wanting to know if he'll be a right fit for their family uh, some of them had dogs some of them have kids uh, obviously crcs mentioned that they wanted zeus to be the only pet in the family but regardless we recommend reaching out to them seeing if it might fit for your situation so with any luck zeus will find his forever home or his hospice foster uh, again, out of the shelter environment where he can live out his days and uh, uh, have a happy life. And uh, who knows, maybe live longer than uh, what was ever expected. So that does it for this week's episode. We want to thank everybody for listening. As always, feel free to visit our website, roughriders.org. From there, you can make a donation. You can find more information on who we are, what we do. And you can also register for the 0.5K race here October 20th. 
You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Rough Riders Saves, or on Instagram, at Rough Riders Saves. We're also on Twitter. We don't make a big push there, but uh, feel free to follow us there as well. Well, that does it for this week. We hope that you'll join us next week.